Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. You got an anniversary coming up? Are you just dating somebody and uh, maybe it's the first year anniversary? Or are you married and, you know, it could be anniversary 12, 13, 14, 15, 60, 65. Well, don't forget it because uh, many people, like three-quarters of people, would consider breaking up with a significant other if they forgot an anniversary. Wow. Now, look, I think there's deeper problems. <laughs> You're not breaking up because of that missed uh, yes. anniversary. There's something that went down about a year ago that right. you can't get past. Yeah. It's an ongoing issue then. Yeah. And it might be the uh, the crux of it mm-hmm. or perhaps the final uh, sword that, that, that slays it, but yeah, there's there's more going on than just you missed one date. It's kind of like if you're with your uh, husband or wife, and you notice things are just off, and maybe you're rubbing each other the w- wrong way. Things you're getting on each other's nerves a little too quickly. You're aggravated with one another too fast, and you're kind of thinking, well, what what has it gone down? And sometimes nothing has gone down in the last 24 or 48 hours. Mm-hmm. But there's been years and decades yeah. of things mounting. <laughs> it's a great moment in War of the Roses with uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, where he has what he thinks is a heart attack. Have you ever seen War of the Roses? Yeah, yeah, it's great movie. Years ago, yeah. Great movie. Marie and I always bring up this because he thinks he's having a heart attack. He goes to the hospital. He's calling her constantly. She's not taking his call. He ends up getting his buddy slash lawyer, Danny DeVito, to pick him up and bring him home. And he's really mad at her because, like, I thought I was dying. And she said, oh, settle down. You weren't dying. And they have this this argument like Mm. that. And then at some point she says, you know, when I found out you might have had a heart attack, I wasn't sad. I was relieved. And then she goes into this long, and I can't remember the whole thing, but it's every time you breathe, every time you chew your food, when you bat your eyelashes, when you snore, when I hear you in the bathroom, I hate every second of it. You hate when I breathe? Yes, I want you to stop breathing. So these things mount over the years. You think, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, even though so many of us would consider breaking up with somebody if they forgot an anniversary, almost all of us admit we have forgotten anniversaries at some point in a relationship. Uh, Most of these happen to couples who are still dating as opposed to those who are married, which is interesting to me because I would think when you're dating, you're still really into it and you would remember those things. Well, but here's the issue is you may not know what anniversaries really mean something to someone Mm. when you're dating because when you're just dating that other person could come out and say hey it's our three month anniversary to which you would go is that really even an anniversary at that point 24 hours (laughs) anniversary i believe somewhere in the whole word of anniversary Mm. is kind of the annual part of it it should be a year yeah and so while, you know, when you're married, you have that date of, okay, that was the wedding date. I know then what our anniversary date is. I don't know if you're tracking three months, six months, nine months, or happy to get to this point. <laughs> I remember dating some girl, and we lasted about a year, and I was so into it that on the first month I bought her one rose. <laughs> then on the second oh. I bought her two. <laughs> and I went like that for 12 and I was making about $4 an hour. Like, 
I made probably twelve thousand dollars a year, and these roses cost me eighteen thousand um, dollars. Did you make it to the dozen? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, and did. then she dumped me. Well, so it was the War of the Roses. <laughs> it was. That's why I've never bought Maria roses. Uh, and it's not just anniversaries. We forget many forget our partner's birthday. We forget Mother's Day and Father's Day. And in a shocking turn of events, not surprisingly, most of those who forget, admit to forgetting, men. Yeah. We're bad. We're not good at all. That's a great excuse you can use, though. Like, if she's like, you never buy me roses. I'm like, well, that, I used to buy them for another girl. She broke my heart. And she broke my heart. I didn't think you'd want to be associated with that. I got to write that down. <laughs> Uh, welcome to uh, Rock Mornings. When we first got in here, just after uh, 5 o'clock, I had mentioned to Lucky in a shocking turn of events. I was sitting at a bar yesterday <laughs> afternoon. Just having a couple of leisurely afternoon pints. No. No. And uh, two guys were sitting beside me. And I just love to sit. I really do like going and having a pint by myself. Sit at the bar and just listen to the other conversations. There's three guys at the end of the bar who are just constantly hitting on the waitress or the uh, bartender. Yeah. And then these two guys who were uh, just screaming at the TV screens because they had, uh, I think, three different baseball games going on. And it turns out that both of them are big into uh, sports betting, which is, of course, a, a big deal now and uh, a passion for many and an aggravation for others. And this one guy was going on and on about how he had come up with this uh, way of making a lot of dough on sports betting. And that was that he just put his money down. He'd make one bet on a bunch of different games. And the bet was no runs in the first inning. Yeah. He would put money down that between the Jays and Miami, no runs in the first inning. And he claimed to have made like 500 bucks yesterday and $300 the day before. And and uh, and I was thinking to myself, well, that doesn't seem crazy mm. because baseball normally has low runs, and and a lot of times none in the first inning. Well, you got to figure the pitcher is at his freshest, yeah. right? The pitchers are, are fresh with arms. The batters haven't seen the pitcher's stuff yet that day, right? Although you know, first inning is top of the lineup, which is some of your stronger hitters are up there. Right. And he also went on to say that uh, it was really dumb to make uh, game bets, like to bet on the outcome of a game in baseball, because you can't predict who the uh, the pitchers are going to be after, like, the fifth or sixth inning. Yeah. So, anyhow, I told you this after five, and yeah. you're a man who does research. You like to look into stats, especially with sports. Well, I mean, you know, part of my life is doing yeah. some, some stat research. Yeah. So, a, a quick look okay. at uh, how'd you bet yesterday's games. All right. Um, there were 14 games in Major League Baseball yesterday. Uh, Ten of them had zero runs in the first inning. Wow. So four of them had runs. So if you had bet no runs in the first inning, looking at my bookie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that usually pays an average of like 160 to 170. So 60 cents to 70 cents on the dollar. Okay. So let's say a buck 65. Okay. So should you have bet $100 per game All right. yesterday, which is a strong bet, a strong, obviously. Let, yeah, I would never in. do that. But may I throw down right. 10 bucks a game? All right. Well, okay. Well, then let me... Let me dumb, dumb it down. It down. Dumb it down for to, me. The, to the ten bucks a game. So you would have spent a hundred and forty bucks yep. 
to bet those 14 games yesterday. You would have lost 40 bucks on the four games that had runs. Okay. You would have made 65 bucks. Or sorry, uh, uh, 650. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 65 bucks you would have made uh, on the 10 games that won. So overall, you'd be up 25 bucks. 25 bucks. So you got to throw in some real dough. Well, that's it. This. That's why I did it by the hundreds. Right. So, okay. If so, you'd bet $100 per game yesterday, you'd be up 250 bucks. But. You are throwing out $1,400 to bet to make that too big. Right, right. Okay, so it doesn't really make sense. Uh, well, I mean, listen, if it's if it's what you do, mm-hmm. and for some, that's what they do. So how did he make $500 then? Uh, yesterday? Now, uh, he might have bet three games heavy right. with better odds than the 165 that I saw. But right, right, right. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, in the, in the end, yes, you can. It looks like a, a not a. There's no no such thing as a safe bet, right. but it looks like an interesting theory mm-hmm. to bet behind. Yeah, because I, for me, again, I, zero knowledge really in gambling on any level. Uh, I've always just been a guy who uh, says, okay, I believe the Jays will win. Right. Here's twenty bucks. Or I've always been a guy who, before we could just bet on one game, I always complained, wouldn't it be great, especially with the NFL and the, the short season that it is, I always wanted to throw down 20 or $30 on a team who had lost every every game. Yeah. You know, I think I did that one, I think uh, we did that a few years ago, where I went and bet on, uh, I had to do the three teams because it was before what we had. Yeah. I think it was like Miami or something that had lost every game, and I bet them to win. <laughs> Here I stand. In, in the end, if, if, if this is, you know, if you're going to have fun doing this, mm. it is that play in your limit thing, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. so many people, and especially young people, and this is what people complain about when it comes to all of the advertising that goes on about sports right. betting, is that it seems very sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to bet. you going to make some cash. And you're going to listen to that conversation of gamblers and hear that, oh, he's making so much money. Most of gambling, especially at casinos, is just trying to hold on to what you got. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Go in with $100 and hope you come out with $100. If you come out with 100 and 110 and you've had a satisfying couple of hours, yep. then, man, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> so yep. those that are actually making money uh, by gambling are really putting up some, some heavy odds. Well, and I think gambling, much like uh, porn, has become so accessible that it is a real problem for a lot of people. I had read uh, recently a a sex expert saying that one of the problems with young people and the reason why they're not out there socializing and dating is because why do they need to? Right. When they've got it literally right in their hand at all times. And the same with gambling. There used to be a time you had to go to your bookie. You had to go to some back room. Like it was an effort to lay a bet on something. (laughs) Right? Not now. You can just be lying in bed. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, gambling, gambling away the savings. Well, and, and and that being said, that is the real issue with the online stuff, too, is because right. you don't feel it. Right. right? It's, not, it's not a physical, oh, God, I've got to hand over the last three bills in my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> it's instead, uh, how's that line of credit looking? <laughs> See, yeah, and that's a real danger. At least with porn in my hand, I know my outcome. It's going to be guilt, but I know what it is. What do you think is the most covered song in the history of popular music? 
Well, I mean, if you're in a guitar shop, there's signs that say, don't play Stairway to Heaven. But <laughs> right. I think it's more just the intro than the entire song. In the history of popular music? Yes. So all genres we're talking yeah. now? Yeah. I mean, I can give you a hint. It's a, it's a, it's an old song, right? Of course, because time is on its side. Yeah. Old English band. Mm-hmm. Beatles. Yes. Uh, one word. Oh. Help. Yesterday. Yesterday. All right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Followed by I can't get no satisfaction from the Stones. Right. Love me tender. Elvis. I walk the line. Johnny Cash. And then love yourself, Justin Bieber. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Who did love yourself originally? Was that a Justin Bieber song? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then over the rainbow, Judy Garland. Imagine John Lennon, House of the Rising Sun, Ain't No Sunshine, Bill Withers, and Eleanor Rigby, The Beatles again. It goes to show you, as much as you you know, <laughs> those who don't like his music love to hate on Justin Bieber. The fact that he's on that list. Of all those songs. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the names he's up there with. In the history of music. <laughs> yeah. John Lennon, Judy Garland, Bill Withers, The Animals, The Beatles, Elvis, Johnny Cash, The Stones, and Justin Bieber. Right. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Now, we've had these kind of stories in the past about celebrity divorces and the type of money that uh, gets handed around. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Kevin Costner's wife, or ex-wife now, Christine, wants $248,000 per month. A month? In child support. This is for their three children who are 13, 14, and 16. This is the kicker, though. In the court documents, Christine says that's actually less than she needs to maintain the children in their accustomed lifestyle. <laughs> oh, how I hate those children. I mean, I hate kids, but how I hate those children. 250 grand a month. 250 grand. It's not well, they enough. got 15, 16 kids? Jesus, three of them, right? Three kids? Three kids, 13, 14, 16. <sighs> three teenagers. And that's not enough to maintain the children in their in their. She says there, it's her accustomed lifestyle. What's, uh, what's, what's a cell phone plan, honestly, <laughs> with enough data, especially in the States? You can wrap all three of them up for 150 bucks. Like, yeah, what, what, what are you doing with three children that cost $250,000 a month? Now, that's not including Kevin paying for 100% of their private school tuition. Okay. So that 250 isn't a part of that. No. It's not a part of extracurricular activities. He has to pay for that, like sports. What? And health care expenses. So. so strictly lifestyle. This is just lifestyle. That's a lifestyle that put you in an early grade. <laughs> There's no mention of the spousal support that she's getting. So that'll be on top of that. Oh, my goodness. She says Kevin's 2022 income was $19.5 million. The family's net income after all expenses and taxes was seven point six. That means they're blowing through like almost $12 million a year. Right? Seven from 19? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in, well, part of that's taxes, though, taxes, right? Taxes, right. But a in the U.S., chunk of that. yeah. Well, California, too, you pay a lot more in taxing right. in the state of California. 
But there's also, for very wealthy people, a lot of ways to write that stuff off. Right. You'd think he'd have himself a good accountant. So what was her total in his? $19.5 million was his income for the year. Add that, her thirty two five. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's got to do her part, as Eddie Murphy once said. Got a job in a jewelry shop on the wow. weekends. I mean, listen, uh, we we have defended the divorce settlements in the past, and, and Mackenzie Bezos is the perfect example mm. of someone who was there to build it all. I don't believe this is his first wife. No, remember, these children are 13, 14, 16. So right. he's, I think, older than me. He probably is in his early right. 60s, meaning he had the first kid with her when he was in his if he was 60 then he was like 48 yeah he had done a lot of things yeah. prior to meeting her all of the the bull durham and the, yeah. all of the, the the real success early part of his career when he walked up to her in a bar and said hi i'm kevin costner she said i know who you are <laughs> i know and i'm gonna be christine costner very soon 250 grand a month yeah yeah in, and that's just the kids' lifestyle, not hers, right? Well, that, it, it says to keep them in their lifestyle. Yeah, because that's not spousal. That's nope. just child support. Wow. He, he's already paid her a million bucks. Yeah. As stipulated. Oh, they had a prenup. Hmm. He really wanted to do this show that bad, right? Yes. Because it all stemmed down to that. Yeah. He agrees to also pay $38,000 a month in child support in addition to 100% of certain child related costs. So he's trying to get out of this at forty grand a month. She wants two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. Wow, how many Yellowstone fans think Rip is gonna make a visit? <laughs> 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 he also agrees to pay thirty grand a month for a rental home for Christine. Thirty thousand dollars a month. And a $10,000 advance for moving expenses. It's just insane. Now, I look, we all have a lifestyle level. And yes, of course, if we dip below that, it's uncomfortable. Yes. I, I get that. I have a lifestyle level. It's not $250,000 a, a month. month. It's not $250,000. I don't know that I've made $250,000 in my entire life. But I, I, I get it. I like to go have a steak when I want yes. to have a steak, and I yeah. like to watch the shows I want to watch, and I want to have data on my phone, right. and I yeah. want my AC on. But that's just insane, right? Can you imagine hanging around having a conversation with those teenagers? <gasps> and their $250,000 a month lifestyle. Like, I know the word hate is a very extreme word, and one you shouldn't throw around lightly. But if there was a word above hate, that would be for the Costner family. They're already done as a couple. Right. But if they weren't, I'd be, they'd be on my list of people to crush. <laughs> Elton John has an interesting way of putting a set list together. He believes it's like a sexual encounter. Okay. And his explanation makes sense. He says you start off really well. Kick it off, kick off the show or a sex moment in a big way. Okay. Then you chill for a bit. And then towards the end, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> And I agree. Well, at what point do you fall asleep in that show, though? <laughs> then you go for a beer. For a pee break. <laughs> Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg might get in the ring. We might have a billionaire brawl. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are talking about having a cage match 
And there are people who think they really will throw down. It started with Zuckerberg's Meta working on a new social media platform uh, that one executive referred to as uh, sanely run an alternative to Twitter. Okay. Well, Musk got upset about that, responded to some posts by saying, I'm up for a cage match if he is. And Zuckerberg responded with, send me the location. Wow. Musk has suggested they do it in the octagon in Vegas. Now, Zuckerberg is willing to engage in an actual physical fight. He is actually a jiu-jitsu uh, trained. I had heard, I read that, yeah. And he won a tournament recently. Elon is buddies with Joe Rogan, and Rogan says he'll train him. <laughs> and I love this story. Jason Biggs. Of course, we know Jason Biggs. American Pie. Yeah. He's now teamed up with a dessert company to sell a limited edition pie. If it's got a hole in it, don't buy it. Jason says the biggest pie lovers, and not in a weird way, for you biggest pie lovers, this pie will finish your dinner with a bang. Wow. Now, it's not an apple pie. It's actually a pie containing his favorite flavors. Coconut passion fruit, mango cream, pineapple lemongrass cream, tropical jellies, pineapple something or other, comot, is comot a thing? Pineapple comot gold leaf, whatever the hell that is, and vanilla cookie crumble crust. So, good on him. <laughs> Might as well just call it the 15 minutes are up. Yeah, he has taken that one moment <laughs> in one film, and he's done a ton of other things. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. seen him in a bunch of other stuff. But what a career. Yep. To re only be remembered for humping a pie. <laughs> Whatever pays. SpongeBob SquarePants was created by a guy named Steven Hillenberg. Steven had a degree in both animation and marine biology, so makes sense why he combined the two. Oh, all right. The internet as we know it is just around 12,500 days old and has really? ruined the planet as we know it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you do the math. That's what, like 30 years, basically? Yeah. My goodness. Mindy Cohen. Remember the uh, actress Mindy Cohen? She was in Facts of Life. Okay. This is an odd connection. She is the godmother to two of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's kids. Really? How does that happen? Like, what is... She, how does she, How is she in the circle yeah. of Brad Pitt? <laughs> I mean, maybe she went on to being a... I don't know. I don't know what producer she does. Or maybe a producer or an agent of some sort. Well, you never know, too. The, the circles mm -hmm. uh, of, uh, you know... I was watching something with Jason Sudeikis recently. He was talking about some... Um, like group that he was in that were just trying to up and coming uh, comedic actors right. and you know how they join them, like second city type thing they join these improv yeah. groups yep. and when you look at some of the faces and names that are in that mm. like like incredibly now famous people right. but at the time we're just trying to get started I, I've noticed in those things too because I watch a ton of documentaries what I always notice is they'll show some black and white or old photo of the whole group together and you realize that there's 8 to 12 of them, like two of them went on to anything. Right. Yeah, the rest of them are now selling luggage. Sunglasses in a, uh, a little uh, kiosk in the mall. Right. Kung Fu isn't just a term for Chinese martial arts. It refers to anything that takes time, patience, and energy to study and learn. Oh. So cooking could be, right. yeah. you know. Well, before you hit the learn part, I thought this show is Kung Fu. <laughs> That's a lot. Time, a lot of patience <laughs> and energy. It's a lot of foo. <laughs>
That's for sure. Uh, the term pipe dream comes from the fantasies people would have when they smoked opium. Oh. It's a pipe dream. All right. Yeah. The word dude was used 161 times in the Big Lebowski. The F word was used 292 times. And Jeff Bridges said, man, 147 times. Was there anything else in the script? Not much. <laughs> I don't remember there being much. One of those films that, like so many, that really bombed when it came out and now has begun uh, just this cult classic. Yeah. So many people love it. Yeah, I saw it when it came out and I, 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 I didn't really, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. It was all right. Ah, it wasn't James Bond. Right, true. I think you uh, had a lot of movement in it. No, I think I think you like a lot of action. You like uh, uh tanks and boobs in your movies. <laughs> <laughs> if there's boobs and tanks, you're fully in. I think that's your that's your wheelhouse of film. Is that a bad thing? No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Right. Um, newspapers have approximately sixteen hundred to seventeen hundred obituaries pre-written. So they'll be ready to go when a certain person actually dies. Wow. I once worked at a radio station that had a whole rack of the station call letters, remembers. Keith Richards. No way. Like just, <laughs> just ready to go. Ready to go. Remembers Tom Petty. Remembers Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, just you got to be ready to go with that stuff. Yeah. And when you're playing like classic rock or oldies. They're going. <laughs> that, that Keith Richards is a dusty file right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not even great anymore in uh, Death Pool. No. Like, he's so high up the... Yeah, not worth a lot of points. What was that? Actress? Should be a bonus. Yeah. I was in, for a couple of years there, we were doing a Death Pool on a, a morning show. Which... Oh, you told me about it. It was what Brittany was... Murphy, wasn't yes, it? Yes, and I picked Brittany Murphy. Wow. And she died at, like, 32 or something. Yeah. I won that one. <laughs> These days it seems a little odd to be doing it's, that. It's not a nice thing <laughs> It was do. never a really good topic. No, no. Um, so with 1,600 to 17 obituaries pre-written and ready to go, that adds up to a rate of about three a week, and the reservoir is drained at roughly the same amount. Really? Yeah, it's that old thing of one out, one in, right? You always hear the story in hospitals. Someone dies, a baby is born. Yeah. You would know this. You're a Jeopardy fan, right? You like Jeopardy. I watched some Jeopardy. All three players on Jeopardy can wind up with nothing after betting it all on Final Jeopardy and getting the question wrong. Right. If they do, they get replaced, and there are three new players the next day. It's only happened seven times in the show's history. Rare for that to happen because it's rare that all three are close enough to have a chance to win. Okay. Usually, like, there's the third guy who's been struggling all along, right. and he's got, like, a couple of grand left. That guy needs to leave a couple of bucks. Okay. You know, don't bet at all. Because even if you bet at all, you're not winning. Right. Likely. Right. So leave yourself the dollar at the end just in case the other two have to go all out for it. And so do you get to come back? I, I don't know that I've watched a minute of Jeopardy. Do you get to come back? If the winner you, gets to come back. Just the winner. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense, of course. Right. right. That's so, why I don't watch Jeopardy because yeah. I'm not smart. Oh, that's how they get long streaks of that right, sort of thing. Of See, Craig, if you just think before you speak. <laughs> the, loser, the second the runner-up gets two grand all right. and the third place gets a grand. So you're saying in competition, the winner carries on. Is right. Is that how that works? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, wow. Although it doesn't happen all, like Wheel of Fortune, that doesn't happen. You don't get to stick on. You don't? You're one and done on the show. Oh. But the losers keep their winnings in Wheel of Fortune, which is pretty crazy.
Hmm. Like even if you don't win the show, whatever you won or accumulated during the show, you take home with you. Yeah, but see, my intelligence level for games uh, shows is like Family Feud. That's that's as smart as I get, really. Uh, I was explaining it yesterday about my high school education. Right. I'm not. The fact I've even gotten this far, <laughs> pretty impressive. Now, everybody's still talking about this sub and what the hell's going on and if they're going to be able to find it. And, of course, the hours are now down to uh, basically minutes yeah. at this point, and it's not looking good. And now a lot of people are jumping all over the stepson of Hamish Harding. He's the billionaire, the British billionaire, who is trapped in that sub. And Brian is his stepson. And I guess everybody is upset with him because they all think he should be standing by and waiting for news. And yet he was in San Diego at a Blink-182 concert. And then he decided to get on OnlyFans and start talking to a model named Bria she posted a picture of her butt in a bikini and said, can I sit on you? And Brian responded with, yes, please. So everybody's, listen, we all grieve in different ways. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Blink concert was like Monday night. Yeah. I mean, it's his stepdad. Maybe they have a very different relationship yeah. or none at all. Yeah, and that could very well be the case. Maybe he can't stand the man. Who knows? Uh, and yeah, listen. It's social media. It's the way we operate. But shut up. Right. It's none of your business. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, that, listen. The, the way that people are operating now. That's it's called anti-social media yeah. for, for me because uh, you know right away the you know the memes about these people the the the, the kickback or the blowback right. because of you know the rich billionaires and how we're searching for them. You know, you rent a jet ski and go out on, you know, in Ashbridge's Bay mm. and get stuck. Guess what? There's a big expense coming to look for you and help yep. you out. This is just a billionaire's playground. Those people that get caught climbing up the Scarborough Bluffs yeah. and have to be rescued. Yeah, you know, well, you know, Hamish Harding is a guy who has gone to the edge of space. He was, I think he was scheduled to go to Everest next month, uh, I heard last night. Uh, and and this is he's an explorer. These are the things that he does mm. and has the money to do. And you know, while most of us, when we get stuck in Ashbridge's Bay, uh, wouldn't have the money to pay for the <laughs> the rescue operation, at least this guy would. I can't afford to get to Ashbridge's <laughs> Bay. <laughs> the problem is, is is that you know we've talked about this before. This rescue operation is a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Literally, it it really is. Uh, so so rare to to find this thing. They they haven't found it yet. Mm. Let alone try and raise it uh, and get it up. Anything they've had from the Titanic has been from these small rovers that they're able to send down right onto the ship, and it can pick up little things and artifacts at t at a time. You know, to raise a twenty thousand pound submersible, as small as it may be, the size of a minivan, it, it's still very heavy and had to be thick. Uh, in order to withstand all the pressures that are happening down there. Yeah. The thought of what uh, may, may have been going on in that submarine for the last four days has, has really you know kept the world's attention. It's and, brutal. You know, the thought of what, what would you do in this situation? And at this point, you know, running out of oxygen, more carbon dioxide, who knows if, if all systems had failed, that, that oxygen might not have been there for the last four days anyway. They... Hopefully, uh, I've just gone to sleep. Uh, it, yep. it, it's hard to even think about or fathom what that situation would be like, and the fact that 
you know, they're not all going at once if that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. I remember this a similar situation with um, uh, Payne Stewart, the golfer. Remember right. when yeah. he his, his passing plane. was a private plane, uh, and you know, people right away, well, you know, millionaire riding in a private plane. This is what happened. No, it's a tragic situation. These are lives at stake. Yeah, no, for sure. And I listen. I I can see both sides. I I, I fall on the side that you fall on. Yes, this is tragic. These are human beings. I, I do see when people say, well, you, they put themselves in this dangerous situation. Both you and I agreed the other day that we would never do that. Right. You don't want to see anybody die doing anything. But if you're willing to take that risk, there is the assumption that something can go very wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I think the money issue, of course, plays into it because people are just so jealous. Oh, right. look at, but yeah, you're right with Payne Stewart or even look back to when Mitch Marner's car got stolen. Right. right? You know, every, well, it was me. Not everybody. It was more me who was like, it's amazing that, you know, everybody is up in arms and wants to save Mitch Marner's car when there's a thousand cars a month stolen. Nobody's going after my Honda Civic. Right. <laughs> you know, trying to find it for me. But I, I get it. It's Mitch Marner. Of course, it's going to be a big story in Toronto. And this is going to be a big story as well because it is so unique. But it's like, um, you know, if you're going to do uh, helicopter skiing or egg climb Everest or go down in a sub or up in a spaceship or drive a race car. There's an assumption of risk. Right. And so, I yes, I feel bad for them, but they went in fully knowing this could happen. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, and I, I, there's obviously da- there's danger in everything, right? Yeah. Yep. And there was danger in this. I, I don't know if the danger was we'll get stuck and have to sit and right. cramped like this. I think the, the danger was, you know, if there was some catastrophic thing, it would be an instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think the, the, again, living with the thought of what would you do in that situation if you knew time was running out and and the rescue was so minuscule a possibility. Well, we know that the stepson of uh, Hamish Harding went to a Blink-182 show and what? wants Bree to sit on him. What did he do when they sang, I miss you? Right. Right. Right? Went for a beer. Did it, did, did, it, did it cross his mind? Well, again, we don't know the relationship no. either. No, we certainly don't. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.